freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 373 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Stand Your Ground, and our guest is Lauren Snyder. Lauren Liberty Snyder is a differently abled model and political activist from Long Island, New York, who who now resides in Arizona with her husband and two dogs. Lauren is the second vice chair and communications director of the Arizona Libertarian Party. Lauren also is a member of the DC Project, woman who dedicated to safeguarding our second amendment welcome to the show miss lauren hi thank you so much for having me absolutely this is exciting to be able to uh meet you in this digital space because you're one of my few guests that i actually get to know in real life (laughs) because most of my guests live in other states and here we are both uh proud arizonans although you are a transplant from a place where freedom doesn't really get to run around the way we do here. Yes, ma'am. Actually, the lack of being able to arm myself and protect myself was a big part of my choice of leaving my home state of New York. You can't defend yourself. Even, you know, a a baseball bat is considered a a deadly weapon if you use it to defend yourself. (laughs) The the odds are not in your favor as somebody that wants to be able to protect themselves. Come on, Lauren. They have police in uh, New York, don't they? (laughs) Yes, they do. They'll give you tickets for arbitrary things. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing is, you know, the police are not omniscient, right? They don't have like their spidey senses going, wait a minute. I believe a young woman over on, uh, you know, Bell and Third needs help immediately and they can teleport themselves there. Right. When when an emergency happens, it's happening right now and it's happening to you, right? So who is your best first responder? Yourself, absolutely. And to that point, in such a um, highly populated area and a lot of crime uh, there in New York, you can expect the police to be available all the time and be available right there when you need them. So it would make more sense to encourage people to protect themselves. Exactly. And, you know, in our our intro, we mentioned, uh, not only are you a a model, and I just love because usually you've got that whole rockabilly style going on. uh, But you you mentioned you are a differently abled person. Um, Talk to us, uh, what does that mean in your world? Sure. Um, So for me personally, I don't like the term disabled because I am still able. Um, And even though my ability changes daily and sometimes throughout the day, uh, I have different uh, like aids and, and mobility aids and braces I have I can't tell you how many braces I have for every body part you can think of. (laughs) But um, my ability is just different than that of somebody that doesn't have um, the condition that I have is called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. And so I don't like to automatically put myself in that sort of um, like downtrodden thing where I'm completely unable to do anything. I like to do as much as I can with the ability that I do have. That is fantastic. And I don't think I'd heard that term before, but I, I, I like it. I like the idea of it that, you know, you're not unable, you're not disabled. You are just, you just maneuver through life differently. 
And one of those ways is, you know, being aware that, you know, you maybe don't have uh, the same physical, I don't know, strength or endurance or whatever the case may be. And so you understand the value of having self-defense tools, tools that help you just like your brace, right? Just like your mobility tools help you in certain ways. Uh, The tools of self-defense really should be no different. And yet they are viewed so differently by other people. What do you have to say about that? I think you really hit the nail on the head with that. It it is a tool just like anything else. I mean, just like people ask me, why do you have a cane? You're so young to have a cane. You look fine. It's, it is a tool. You use it when you need it, just like tools of self-defense. When you need it, you use it and it's better to have it and not need it. And I'm sure, you know, the rest of that saying. (laughs) Absolutely. But they need it and not have it. And, you know, even a cane could possibly be used as a tool of self-defense if you absolutely were otherwise disarmed which is kind of a good segue into one of the topics, main topics I wanted to discuss with you uh, while we had you on the show today. Uh, On March 3rd of this year, 2022, you and I went down to our Arizona State Capitol. We went into the Senate building. We went into a committee hearing because you and I both were speaking on behalf of a specific bill that would decriminalize basically those of us like you and I who have concealed carry licenses it would decriminalize us from going into these certain public spaces and public events right and when we have these special places somehow people think that these you know gun free zone signs are like a force field and no bad guys ever show up, you know, they don't. Do no, I mean, if you listen to the news, that's the way it goes. But Lauren and I know differently, right? And Danny, you know, differently, we are, you know, realists who live in the real world. In fact, it's a sign that says, come on in with your guns and, and no one's gonna fight you. Right? It really can be. And so um, it was bill HB 2316. So it was a house bill, but it was being heard in the Senate because it already passed the house. This was your very first time ever stepping into that arena to give your testimony. And um, it was exciting for me because you and I had just met, we were both wearing our DC project, teal for two A shirts. And I had my notes written out on paper. I was ready to go. I still feel the tiniest bit nervous when I stand up there because the time is so short they give you. You're ready to go. You realize, oh my gosh, my device did not save my notes. Oh. So already, right? You could go, well, it's my first time and maybe I'll just watch, but you didn't. You could go, ah, my device didn't save my notes. Maybe I'll just watch. But you didn't. You stepped up there and you gave a very personal and powerful testimony. And I just want you to pick up from there and just kind of give us a quick lay of the land. Like, how did that go for you? Yeah, sure. So it was, and you're right. All of those things went through my head because I was like, oh my gosh, I, made sure that I, I read it and I, that everything was worded properly. And I, I rehearsed it. And then I got there and I look on my phone and I was like, oh my gosh, this would happen to me. And, and my initial thought was, you know what, maybe I'll just sit this one out. Maybe when they call me up, I'll just pass. And um, honestly, something that really inspired me to get up there and tell my story was actually the person from, um, I believe it was mom's demand action that got up there and, and basically insinuated that people who have been victims of, uh, domestic violence and, um, abuse, uh, more or less shouldn't have to be around firearms. And that really kind of lit a fire up under me. Cause that, 
experience for me is the main reason why I want to arm myself. And it, it, it is the top reason why I so heavily value my ability to be able to protect myself. So when I heard that, that kind of lit me up and I was like, okay, I'm going to just wing it. I'm going to just tell my story. Um, and yes, being there for having it my first time, it was really uh, it got to me, not much makes me nervous, but it got to me a little bit. And I was a little shaky and that time limit gets you too. Cause you do, you feel that pressure of the clock. And even though there isn't a clock counting down, you can, you feel like there is. Um, and I wanted to just make sure that I got my point across. And that was my, my biggest concern when I was up there. Well, Lauren, you, uh, by doing that, you actually got a senator that uh, made a fool, I'd say made a fool of himself and really showed the true colors of some of the people that represent our state. Yes, um, there definitely was one of the uh, committee members that asked to explain their vote and made some really just I don't even know how ignorant comments, I would say, is a good way to put it. Very ignorant comments. Um, and it, yeah, it, the way things transpired, it was definitely not what I was expecting because there were a lot of committee members that when I was speaking, they were looking straight ahead at me. They were like lo engaged, locked eyes with me. And I could tell that they were receiving what I was sending out to them. And then there were a few that just were not even looking at me. Well, I want to I want to do a quote. This is from Arizona District 19 Senator Lupe Quinteras. He made a statement saying that if citizens feel the need to be responsibly armed outside their homes, then quote, and I mean quote, this is not for me. Why even walk around at that point? Stay at home behind closed doors. That is a noose around his neck, as far as I'm concerned. It's so if you don't feel that if i mean basically you can't go anywhere if you feel nervous right you shouldn't go anywhere well and it, it's not even that and and i'm going to pause in just a second and play that clip so people can hear it for themselves but um you even said if you feel nervous lauren never even said i feel nervous she never said i feel afraid all she said is i want to be able to have this tool with me right Yes, ma'am. Your quote even is, where did I put that? Uh, it was so well said that you said, I don't carry because I want to harm others. I carry because I don't want to be harmed. That doesn't mean you're afraid. That right. means you're being proactive, right. right? Yes, exactly. And we don't know when we walk out the door, we could go to the safest places in the country. We don't know when we walk out the door that we're not going to be confronted by somebody. And you, if you walk with the cane, then you are a target. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And that is something that I have mentioned before, where if somebody is uh, looking for a, a potential victim, yeah, they're going to go for the person that can't run away. And it's made very obvious by the use of mobility aids. So absolutely. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's pause for just a moment. We're going to cut away. We're going to watch the, the video. And the reason that it's on video is because at the Arizona State Legislature, they record every session, which was maybe part of the reason that we get a little nervous too, because now it's like out there forever. Um, and so they record them. It's a public record. And we'll put the links to the, the whole session on this um, on this episode, and then also the links to, to this video. So the Arizona, Arizona Capitol doesn't have a Hillary Clinton that can get rid of those kind of things. <laughs> they don't have one of those. Everything the shows. Cameras. That's awesome. Okay. Yes. So we're going to cut away now and we will be right back. Mr. Chair and members, House Bill 2316 allows a person who possesses a valid concealed carry weapons permit to carry a deadly weapon in a public establishment or at a public event without being guilty of a misconduct involving weapons violation. 
Hello, uh, Lauren Snyder, second vice chair, Arizona Libertarian Party, um, chairman and committee members. I am speaking in favor of uh, House Bill 2316. Um, Mr. Chair, I've said it many times um, that I, I'm a gun owner, I, I'm a hunter, and I'm a, I'm, I'm a proud Democrat. Um, I have had my concealed carry permit for the last 10 years. Um, I don't need to carry my gun on me at all times to feel safe. The reason that I got my concealed carry is because I've been a victim of sexual assault. I've been a victim of random assault. I've been a victim of domestic abuse. I don't walk around, run around, and drive around worried about somebody's going to shoot me or somebody's going to hurt me or somebody's going to do whatever. Uh, and I refuse to be a victim again. Um, I don't carry because I want to harm others. I carry because I don't want to be harmed. Why even walk around at that point? Stay home behind closed doors. Um, my right to defend myself shouldn't change simply because of my physical location. I'm not going to worry. I'm not, you can't be worrying about things all the time. I have enough to worry about being in these chambers. I mean, I... I I, I hate to keep hearing about all this stuff. I mean, I understand that there's things that happen out in life. Ma'am, you can sit there and stare at me all you want. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about things in general. And I do have daughters, and I do have a wife, and I do have a mother. There's a lot of things that happen in this world. But you can't run around scared all the time. The last time that I was assaulted, I was in a, a public space, not allowed to carry my weapon. I was stalked by somebody, and he attempted to abduct me and tried to drag me to his vehicle. I will say this. People, people talk about how being safe, I, I don't feel that a room full of people everyone with a gun is going to make me feel safer. It's not going to make me feel safer because people in this world are pretty, pretty crazy. They're pretty crazy out there. And you just don't know which one, which one's losing their mind and which one's not. And some of them do come, to, do come through these doors and these buildings. So because I was respecting the law and was defenseless, mind you, I'm differently abled. I don't have the privilege of running away and calling the cops and waiting for them to come. I have to defend myself. 30 seconds. And that, I yield the remainder of my time. So, I mean, I do understand that, yeah, it is a right that we have. But some people, some people just, just don't have that right. And some people just shouldn't have that right. And with that, I vote no. So there you have it, straight from the horse's mouth. Did you say from his mouth? Well, do we want to say horse? Is really a horse? I mean, he, the, here's one of the things that gets me, Lauren, is he didn't have to say anything because one of his colleagues just said, no, I vote no. And that was it. He specifically asked, I want to explain my vote. And then he proceeded to not just nibble on his toes, but, you know, not just put like his foot in his mouth, but like the whole thing, the, his whole foot went in his mouth. What were you thinking? So honestly, I was thinking, well, nobody else testified about personal experiences of being um, assaulted. I was the only person that went up there and, and told a story about that. Um, so my first thought was, wow, this guy is really going to sit here and, and talk all of this crap about people who have been victims and, and say, oh, well, why even walk around at that point? Which also I was like, is that a jab at me? Because I literally can't walk around some days. So oh, I just, <laughs> I was really getting heated and you were sitting right next to me and I, I was so glad to have you there. Um, and I was just like, you know what, if he's going to talk crap, I'm going to move so he can say it to my face. And I, it got to a point where I knew I couldn't say anything. 
but I wanted to still make a statement. Um, and I do think that me getting up and moving my seat in front of him did speak very loudly because he saw that and he acknowledged that. He did. And I remember as he started speaking, cause you were the last person from the public to testify. And then I think he was the first one to speak about, you know, from, from the Senator's side. And he's a representative. He's not even supposed to be telling us what his thing is about. He is supposed to represent his constituents. So he starts going right with all the stuff he was saying. And he, I think when he got to the words, um, uh, I don't think somebody's going to hurt me or somebody's going to do whatever. And you had just talked about being a, a victim of of sexual assault. You've been talked about being the victim of a random assault and domestic abuse. And I'm thinking, did he just whatever assault and abuse? And like, we both whipped our heads around and stared at each other. You and I like, did he just like, basically, why doesn't he just tell you to go home and make a sandwich? You know what I mean? And this is on your little head and tell you to go make a sandwich. And this, this Senator is in a district that is not, He's, he's in our district that Where we have we our business in. right now, but we can't, wow. we can't vote because he, we don't live here. Right. We're, this is where but, our business but, but the thing is, this area is not the best area in the, in the state. I mean, there's some nice places, but there's also people that are suffering from crime and uh, problems. And, you know, he's telling the people in his district, just stay home now. What about home invasions? What about all the other stuff that happens out here? Oh, exactly. You know, he's, instead well, of telling he people, didn't say you couldn't have the firearm no, in your home. He, it was I, about. But it, in general, though, in general, it. he's saying right. that you shouldn't. You should. You, if you're afraid, if you're whatever, just stay home. Yeah. But what if you're at home and you're afraid? Oh, well, you exactly. Know? Right. Fair so enough. it's just. Yeah. It wasn't brought up, or he would have mentioned that too. I'm sure. Yeah. But he made a fool out of himself, and I'm really glad because maybe some people will wake up and, you know, you, you look at the families out here mm-hmm. that are having problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw them lined up to buy guns. We saw yeah. first time gun buyers in this area that are afraid and they know that their senators aren't representing them in the way that they should be represented. So what are they doing? They're starting to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. So he needs to wake up. Well, I think he's got a chance to go ahead. Hopefully Uh, um, just to sort of also touch on that point about being afraid in your own home. I also mentioned domestic violence, right? That is literally violence that occurs in your own home. Um, And even the person from uh, the red shirts group (laughs) is at mom's demand action. Mm -hmm. They mentioned domestic violence as well. Mm -hmm. So for him to, I mean, that was just out of touch in so many senses it was astounding to hear those things come from an elected official that is supposed to be representing their constituents. And his entire explanation of his vote was all me, 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 me. You know, you, you said so mom's right. demand action. And I, and I wonder what they say to the victims, to the women that are victims. What do they say to them to, how to defend themselves in the future? It's like they don't um, that they don't have any demands in that department, apparently, because they say that they are for gun safety and they teach exactly zero gun safety classes that I've ever heard of. Right. And so uh, they don't have an answer for that. We do just yes. stay out of our way. Let us, you know, be the responsibly armed citizens that we are in all of the places that we go, because predators look for opportunities constantly. And uh, we're aware of that. But one of the things I wanted to pick apart, Lauren, and, and see what, how the, if this hits your ear the same way it hit mine, but he's sitting there and he's going through his, his speech. And he's saying that uh, people in this world are pretty, pretty crazy. They're pretty crazy out there. And you just don't know which one, which one is losing their mind and which one is not. And I'm thinking just like you're saying about the mom's demand action. So what's your answer to that? Right. Just, just let the rest of us be sheep. Just let the rest of us, you know, hope that maybe the police officer can get there fast enough. 
hope that maybe our cane is enough. Hope that an armed citizen will save you. <laughs> there you go. And I want that armed citizen to be myself. Thank yeah. you very much. Right. I mean, didn't it seem like he was completely undoing his own argument? Yeah, absolutely. He it was a complete contradiction. And that I, I felt the same way when I heard that part, because I was like, you're proving the point of why responsible citizens should arm themselves because you just don't know. That's the whole point. So like, thank you for bringing that up. Exactly. Well, I think he's, he was referencing that maybe uh, there's crazy people out there that do have guns. There are a lot of criminals that have guns and what they do to them, you know, you, you use a gun in a crime and then you're out the next day and then you got another gun. I mean, they're not, they're not prosecuting violent gun owners. Mm -hmm. gun people i'm not saying owners but they're in a violent crime period right they're not prosecuting it so therefore there's more crime right, right. and maybe he's the more, one that's crazy and it st stacks up more stats that their side uses to say once again that responsibly armed citizens should have to be um uh limited based on behavior that's not our own right i need to clear right. up it's I'm like not... my my brother would do something wrong, so I would get grounded. Like right. that's <clears throat> that's not okay. Yeah, I want right. to clear. I want to clear it up. It's mm -hmm. not that, you know, there's a lot of responsibly gun responsible gun owners out there. Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. There are people out there that commit crimes with firearms. Mm -hmm. They are normally already felons or have records, and there are people out there, and they need to prosecute those people, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. But they shouldn't penalize us because we have a right to defend ourselves and the police can't be there exactly. all the time. We are our first responders. Exactly. So, exactly. so um, you know, if anybody's out there thinking, well, golly, this poor guy, he just had one bad day and you're picking on him and not giving him a chance to have his say. He had a say. Well, he, not only did he, but we sent him a letter, right, Lauren? Yes. Like an olive branch, go ahead. Yes, uh, we did. And actually, I, I believe um, Ammoland reached out to the senator as well for comment and he didn't reply. So we've done our part, you know, I, I was always taught to be the bigger person and, and um, kill them with kindness, you know, as the saying goes. And I believe that that is, the proper way to handle things and we tried and we got nothing and you know not that i really expected anything but hey at least we tried the balls in his court now absolutely and it kind of goes beyond that because uh on the twitter machine apparently you were uh in some ways at least you know reaching out or letting him know that you know this is something we're talking about and also not just him but also the was it the dnc who, who was it that you you were tagging oh uh the arizona senate democrats has their own twitter page so i tagged them as well and and what were the results of those efforts at communication so i came to find out that senator Contreras actually blocked me on twitter and he ended up blocking a bunch of other people that i know on twitter that either engaged with my posts about this or directly uh tagged him to call him out on things so he just went on a spree of just um basically stripping people of their first amendment right to freedom of speech to criticize an elected official on on their behavior yeah, I just don't feel like he understands what his role really should be. And it's not like he's brand new. He's been in office uh, at different levels because he was in the House of Representatives, I believe, for a while. And now he's a senator, an Arizona state senator. And I think part of the problem is when we look back on his, his uh, career, he keeps running unopposed yes. and we got to fix that people in district 19. Now I know that there's been some redistricting here in Arizona, and I don't know exactly how that is impacting each district, or if it, I meant to make a call last night and make sure I had my facts right on this particular one. And I, I didn't get around to it, but I don't know if district 19 stays district 19, but whatever we are, wherever 
people are running. We need, we need a competition. Yes. That gives us the best outcome. The so best Lauren, result. Are, are you telling Cheryl to move to that district? <laughs> I did hear that he may have been <laughs> Uh, his new district, I believe is 22. I would have to fact check that. So I believe his district did change, but you're absolutely a thousand percent right. And a lot of the comments that I saw, because this did go viral, thanks to you and the DC project and um, the AZCDL. I mean, this has, has gained a lot of traction. And I was curious to see what people's um, reactions to it were, were as well. And there were a lot of folks that said, how the heck did this guy get in, voted in? And that's how, running on a post, because mm -hmm. there's nobody else that wants to step up to the plate to do it. Mm -hmm. And so people like this just, any port in a storm, I guess, and they just take what they can get. And, and people like this are now the ones that are making decisions that affect our everyday lives as Arizonans. This man's decisions literally affect all of us. Absolutely. And one of the things that struck me when I realized what district he served in, because I haven't, I have no memory of ever meeting him, you know, face to face is yeah. that, uh, you know, Danny and I have you know, multiple commercial properties in this district. We have had multiple businesses in this district for like 20 years. And I was on the chair of the uh, Southwest Valley Chamber of Commerce uh, I, I served on the board for the Chamber of Commerce for several years. We've had many events that support our community, our law enforcement, our fire departments. I know my two state reps by name. I have their text, their phone numbers in my phone. We, you know, communicate on social media. We're very friendly. They're both Democrats as well. Um, I've never met this guy. Like, what is he really doing with his office? Is it just a feather in his own cap? Or is he serving the public in any way? I, I'm just really taken aback by his whole demeanor and his whole attitude. And to speak the way that he did, not just about you, which by itself is egregious enough, right? But when you did move forward in the room and you sat in front of him and you just gave him that steely eyes stare, I was so, I was a little terrified because I thought you might speak up and I'm like, no, don't do it because it's beautiful the way it is. Like he's got his foot in his mouth, but you didn't, you just gave him that steely eyed stare and he felt it because he said, you can sit there and stare at me all you want, ma'am. I think he says, right? Yep. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about things in general. He's talking about so, you when he's talking in general. Exactly. And he's talking about every he's a people. responsibly armed right. citizen in his district and in his this state. And it's it's not okay. It's yep. not okay. You know, all. and you might have, you know, you think about it and you say, well, maybe you just tripped him. Maybe you just confused him that day. But the fact that he didn't respond to try to correct or at least make clear what he really meant tells you that he must really meant what he said. This is my thoughts. I'm not going to argue the point with you anymore. I'm not going to respond to your letters. This is how I feel. Because if not, he, he would have contact. You'd think he'd have contacted you and said, okay. Hey, I made a mistake. You know, I, I have, I've had some friends that got in trouble, whatever, whatever he, he would have been able to come up with something to clean that up and he didn't. And so now he's famous on Twitter. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think him blocking me on Twitter as his first, you know, move really just goes to show his thoughts on, on everything. And not even that we were demanding an apology. It was, we would like to talk with you and just understand why your position is what you said it was. We didn't attack him. We didn't hurl, you know, any, any nasty insults or anything like that. We were very diplomatic. Uh, so yeah, once again, it's like the ball's in his court and he completely dropped it. You know, we've done some events in town where uh, firearm safety classes with uh, the NRA and stuff. And we've had Democrat people, senators and representatives come to those to understand and learn. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So at least, you know, they may have some strong uh, gun, uh, anti-gun stuff, but they came to listen and learn. And it's like the moms demand action 
they don't know what gun safety is if they're not teaching gun safety. Yes. You can't you can't just take guns away and that's safety. You have to teach people how to handle and how to uh, react when they see a gun or whatever. And uh, so there are some Democrats that do at least come in and want to learn. When a, when somebody doesn't get active with the, their citizens, they have no right to be in office. Period. I mean, they're supposed to be public servants. Yeah. So yes. when they're not doing that, as, as Dan said. So um, since that day, since the third, you went back and testified again, as we're sitting in the studio today, it is um, Friday, March 25th of 2022. You were yesterday back down at the Capitol again. I couldn't go this time. You weren't just at the Capitol. You were in the Senate and you were in that exact same committee and i assume he was there yes he was uh and i did make sure that i chose a seat that um he would have a full view that i was sitting there in the audience <laughs> beautifully done <laughs> and you know my thing um even when i moved my seat that day i didn't sit there and scowl at him i just sat there and i smiled at him mostly probably with a dumb look on my face because i couldn't believe that he was saying what he mm -hmm. was saying but i just sit there and smile because i'm not mm -hmm. there to intimidate anybody but i just want my presence to be known mm -hmm. um and he did see me sitting there and he just looked away very quickly and uh, yesterday when I testified, it was in support of uh, HB 2119, which would place the burden on the state to automatically reinstate a person's civil rights once they've completed the terms of their sentencing after a conviction, which I think is great. Um, I've seen firsthand, my dad was, you know, he, he struggled a lot in his life and he got into some trouble. And I saw firsthand how that kept him downtrodden for the whole rest of his life, because it is hard for people to feel um, welcome back in society, even if it's for a victimless, nonviolent crime. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was really uh, an honor to be able to testify in support of that as well. And it would reinstate a person's right to uh, vote, serve on a jury and carry a firearm. And there are already specifications in place for those who have been convicted of like serious uh, violent crimes. Obviously they, you know, have provisions for that, but there was somebody else there that testified about something personal for them that they had been convicted of crimes and they're a hunter and you know they, they would take their son hunting and they didn't want to get in trouble just because they're a hunter and they had a, a history um so it was really awesome and it passed with flying colors and there were no comments from the peanut gallery <laughs> that's awesome nobody wanted to explain their vote go nope. figure and I, I really think that's an important bill i i hope that gets through because all the way because you know we've had customers come in our store that uh, had done something stupid back in the day and sure. they're nonviolent non crime thing is this is yes. a nonviolent past when you do about. you think about it you do a crime nonviolent crime you do your time or you pay your fines you do everything it should be erased because yes. because you did the time yes you know you paid, paid the, you paid to, debt to society but now yes. violent crime i'm totally if you do a violent crime um, I'm, I'm not going to give second chance. Sure. Yeah. And, and that was one thing that I wanted to make sure during my testimony that I did mention that there were already provisions for that, mm -hmm. um, which I think is important because I was reading on the, uh, the request to speak website for people that had signed up to speak that were saying, oh, wh why does, why do we want to put firearms back in the hands of criminals the law? And it's like, just because somebody has committed a crime doesn't make them a criminal. I am. <laughs> I'm fully willing to admit I speed every day on my way to work because I always run late. That is a crime. <laughs> but does that make me a bad person? No, it just makes me bad at managing time. <laughs> we Absolutely. in Arizona even has a felony speed limit. Okay. So I you found that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you could lose. I, I got pulled over once and the officer told me, you know, we, he knew I had a gun shop. And he goes, you know that uh, if I write this a felony speed, you're going to lose your rights to have guns. We're going to knock it down five miles an hour and have a nice day. And I was happy to pay that ticket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so yeah. um, so stupid things can happen. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, so many things. So I have family members in the same situation. Mm -hmm. They had to really fight to get their rights back and they shouldn't yeah. have had to. What you did when you're 18 years old is 
you know, and it's not violent. Exactly, exactly. And it's wonderful that um, part of the provisions of this bill would also put the burden onto the state. So my thing is, our criminal justice system, they're supposed to be handing out sentences that fit the crime. And when, much to your point earlier, when you complete those terms of that sentencing, you paid your dues. Um, so it, it, it includes restitutions to any victims that, that should have been paid. And it puts the burden back on the state where if somebody does have additional, so there's certain crimes where you have to wait like 10 years before you can apply to, um, for, uh, to buy a firearm or anything like that. But it lets these people know, hey, these are your rights and this is what, it, what um, the steps you're going to have to take if they can't be reinstated automatically. So right. I, I was happy to, to testify in, in uh, favor of that. Well, thank you for doing that's, that. That's yeah. fantastic. Well, I don't want you to have to speed to get to work. And I know we're on a tight time limit. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us, Lauren. Thank you for stepping up and offering testimony and helping the rest of us see that not only is it, it you know, it's not that scary. It's a little scary, right? It's like ro riding a roller coaster a little bit, but then when you do you move the needle on things. It's important. Um, so thank you for that. And just tell folks as we start wrapping up, how can they continue to follow your exciting journey? Sure. Well, uh, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done and for inviting me to come and speak that day, because without you, none of this would have happened. So I appreciate you and all of your efforts and everything that you've done. And and uh, I mean, you were just a powerhouse of a woman. Um, I did end up creating a website. It is laurenliberty.com. And all of my like social media links are on there. So if you want to follow me, just hop on to laurenliberty.com. And I have also uh, created a section for all of the podcasts and articles and things like that uh, regarding this issue. And hopefully, you know, for future uh, um, activism, anything like that. Absolutely. I thought that was so brilliant of you to create that website and just kind of put all the different pieces of your life together in one place, because uh, I just love it. You're the political pinup, you know, second chair of the Libertarian Party, now DC Project member, I think AZCDL member. Yes, ma'am. And awesome. uh, media like sensation right now so thank well, you I, so I much i just have to say new york you lost a great citizen yes they did well thank you i, I appreciate that yeah. all right miss lauren thank you so much have a great day thank at work bye-bye <laughs> you know it's awesome she's really really special yeah i and that's what we need people to stand up and speak and so the way that we met is super cool too, because, um, you know, we, I'm part of it, organizing the second amendment rally every year on the Arizona state, um, uh, lawn, right. the, the Capitol lawn of the buildings that we're talking about testifying in front of. And so she came to the rally and we were, you know, giving out t-shirts for the DC project, um, to people that were interested in getting involved in being a woman who was dedicated to safeguarding our rights to keep and bear arms. She, you know, was eager to grab up a t-shirt and then we started chatting with each other and she immediately signed up to be a member of the DC project, which is dcproject.info. Then signed up to be a member of the azcdl.org. Um, and so all of those things came together. The president of AZCDL, Dave Kopp, invited, you know, made sure I knew, hey, there's this testimony or opportunity. So then I reached out to her. She and I both wore our DC Project shirts and showed up. And literally, she agreed to testify like three days after I met her. So let me what I, if well, everybody would take that spirit, right? Our side would finally have a voice in this conversation. Right. What would have happened if you decided I'm going to sit on the couch the day that you met her? Right. I'm just going to sit on the couch. I'm not going, or I'm going to go shooting. Yeah. You know, which is important. Right. But what if? Yeah. You know, so it ain't going to happen if you don't get out there and do something. Exactly. Doesn't have to be today, but it needs to be tomorrow. It's so good, and you know that thing about testimony. I've spoken a couple of times since Lauren. 
um, has gone viral mm -hmm. to try to help people understand better. What does that word mean? It sounds so terrifying. Testify. Oh, no. But it's like a minute to a minute and a half, maybe two whole whopping minutes of just talking about yourself. Right. And, and this bill you want to pass, this is how it impacts me as a human being. And keep this That's in mind it. when you're up there testifying, you are speaking to people who represent you. And if you don't let them know how you want to be represented, guess what they're going to do? They're going to say stuff like, uh, you're on the wrong, page. I'm on the wrong page, they're, <laughs> but they're going to say stuff. They're just going to say stuff that you don't want to know. <laughs> I screwed that up tonight. Like this. Here you go. Yeah. They're going to say, why even walk around at this point? Stay home behind closed doors. That's what they're seriously. That's what they're going to say. And she held up her cane during her testimony and said in front of him, I am differently abled. I cannot run. I've got that too. Um, <laughs> uh, I cannot run and, and uh, wait for the police to help me. Something like that. I don't have the privilege of running away and calling the cops and waiting for them to come. I have to defend myself. She said that in front of him. And then he still said this thing about uh, why even walk around at that point. And he has daughters, Stay I understand. Behind closed doors. He says he's got a wife, a mom, daughters. He's just, he's so wrapped up in his own version of the world. Yeah. And the fact that he is a apparently able-bodied male person, him trying to compare himself to Lauren who's a female person who is other abled, right. who's already suffered from being disarmed in a public space, like we were talking about for that particular bill. So tone deaf, right? so tone deaf. And it and doesn't matter though, if you're disabled or if you're not disabled, you may be a big stocky guy, but don't have the mental capacity to, to fight or know how to fight. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things. So it, it, Everybody should have that right to defend themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unless you're a felon. So that's what, unless you're a felon. Yep. Well. <laughs> so, all right. Very good. Um, wow. What an amazing show. Thank you so much to miss Lauren. Thank we you need so to have much her back on to, again. For sure. We're going to definitely be checking back in with her because she is going to be out there testifying. I want to hear what's going on in the legislature and she can, you know, kind of be our eyes and ears out there. Thank you so much to all of our amazing listeners. Wherever there's internet, we have viewers and listeners, and we value you so much. Thank you so much. And this video that we keep referring to, there's a couple of different versions. I'm going to put the links to those in um, not only Lauren's guest page, uh, but also on the, the page that houses this um, episode on our website. So we have a Which, full version and then we have a version that was clipped to give the high points. Yeah. Right. So absolutely. you can listen, you can watch if you just want a really quick one, you do the, the clipped one. Mm -hmm. But then when you say, hmm, look at the long one. Yeah. And the, it gives the, you the whole story. The uh the raw feed stays, I think, forever on the dot gov website um for the Arizona State Legislature. So that should be able to be found at all times. Um, and you can watch it start to finish and get to see my testimony on there too. Well, yeah, I, I want you, I, I encourage you to watch twice it twice that day. I think I encourage you to watch it soon because something could happen to it. That's true. <laughs> Hammers know. and things. Hammers and, you know, yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah. as I was saying, if you want to see any other episodes of our show or, or learn more about this particular episode, go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on demand tab. Uh, and binge listen to your heart's content. If you want to see uh, bios and links to all of the guests that we've ever had on the show, including Lawrence, click the guest tab. And if you like to watch the video version, go to YouTube, go to GunStreamer or to the Opslin smartphone app. And uh, be sure to subscribe and ask for notifications. And that way, as soon as we post up a new show, it'll ding you and uh, you can, um, you know, sign in and, and stay on top of all of the cool stuff that we're doing and all the amazing uh, subject matter experts that we've had on the show. 
And with that, Dan, what are we going to do until next time? Well, I just wonder if Senator Lupe Contreras asked to be on our show, what would you say? I think that we would have to speak in person first before mm -hmm. I would, you know, give him the, this platform, because I would have to know that he was genuine right. in, in whatever, not he just was trying to cover up going to say, right. yeah. Like if he wanted to be able to say, look, it was just a bad day and I shouldn't have said that. And here's how I really feel. Um, I don't know why, why would I not want to hear from him, but I'm not going to give him this platform right. with the attitude that he has presented so far. You know well, I, mean? I don't know if he used the attitude that he has right now. Mm -hmm. It just bury him deeper. So <laughs> possibly, right? I mean, I put get, that foot just a little I, farther. I, I do that sometimes, now. so I have experience in telling you that it happens. <laughs> it's true. Okay, because even today I say things. The fact that he blocked Lauren and right. blocked other people—that doesn't tell right. me that he's got a, no. a a softened heart and a, a, he feels contrite about it. And the fact that we sent him a letter saying, "Look, if you, you know, you're a." a gun owner. He says he's a gun owner, right? In his testimony, right? Uh, all gun owners should have that common bond of protecting our right to keep right. all that comes with our rights to keep and bear arms. Not I'm a gun owner, but which is what he said. So he said, but sent, he said, but he absolutely did. Uh, so we've sent him a letter inviting him to, you know, meet with us. And, and, you know, if there's any nuances to his statement that he would like to discuss with us we're totally willing sure. to do that and we've heard nothing so i i don't really see that happening right anyway until next time mr todd what are we going to do we got to pray for some of our senators mm -hmm. really hard mm -hmm. we need to pray for everyone and and uh what's going on around us so absolutely even the bad ones absolutely and uh maybe especially for the ones that we're not particularly fond of right all right until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Bye-bye.